this isn't just beer. It's Christmas! We're talking beer, beer culture, and Christmas. This is Beer Longing. I'm Steve, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mark and Rob. Welcome, gentlemen. Merry Christmas to you both. Hello. Merry Christmas, everybody. Seasons, seasons greetings. And this is our Christmas special, so it's going to be a little bit different from what you've maybe become used to over the last few months we've been along it and we're just going to be uh join a few beers together they're all christmasy they're all christmas themed and talking shit basically yeah. i think for the next hour and a half or so that's uh that's laying out our stall quite clearly uh, at the beginning of the show in terms of what you can expect here ideal yeah <laughs> me, me, me and mark got together and we we uh convinced steve that we didn't need to have as structured a show as usual. <laughs> so let's see where we go. And Steve was thrilled because he hates structure. <laughs> I hate a lack of structure. But let's, <laughs> let's go with it. We'll, we'll see how comfortable I feel as we go through this. We're going to flip things on its head for this Christmas special. And we're going to start where we normally finish. So we've been digging around in the back of our cupboards to see what we've got that's got a Christmas theme to it. And what have we pulled out? Rob, do you want to go first? Well, I have got a St. Bernardus Christmas ale, and um, I will tell the listeners that we were all supposed to be drinking this beer. Uh, unfortunately, I decided to pick a time to send the beers to Mark and Steve around about the same time as a couple of Royal Mail strikes, plus all the extra Christmas stuff. So apologies, guys. I'm really sorry that these didn't get you, but um, at least you'll have something nice to look forward to. Absolutely. Very, very much looking forward to that. I'm well, looking I, forward to it in February. Yeah, yeah <laughs> tuck it away till next year, maybe. <laughs> Although I did, uh, I did get to try that on draft when when I was in Leeds uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I have already had this year's iteration of it. If if that is indeed this year's version of it, Rob. That was a great time, yeah, Steve. Yeah. That'll make Rob feel better. <laughs> Wouldn't it just? Yeah, we have a lovely time, Mark. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did, I, my heart did just sink then when you mentioned that. <laughs> The listeners will be able to hear all about it in next month's show in, in Beer yeah. Adventures, where Mark and I talk about nothing but Lee. <laughs> oh, God, I hope That's have true. a nice Christmas. Yeah, so how's the beer? How strong is the beer, Rob? Is it getting you through Christmas? So? Uh, well, I think I might have to pick some more up. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hefty 10%. And as you would guess from the name Christmas Ale, it does, in fact, Tastes like Christmas. It tastes like it's Christmas cake. It's full on Steve Christmas cake that he's been feeding with booze since September. Uh, it's Christmas pudding. He fucking it's, loves Christmas. It's, 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 <laughs> you I'm, know what? I'm getting a warm feeling. I love Christmas. <laughs> ah, and also love nice. to hate it as well, but I fucking love it more. Yeah. I you really love, love Christmas. Unless it's in November or October, but... I, I have to admit, I found it a little bit too overpowering when when I tried it on draft. I, I thought there was um, that there was too much going on in terms of the spicing, and I found it particularly 
uh, clove heavy. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of that. There's, there's a slight zestiness to it, even. Ah, oh, that is delicious. Something, something for us to look forward to, as you, as you say, Rob. And, yeah. and, and, and thank you very much for sending. Mark, what did you discover in the back of your cupboard? I found a beer, and I'm going to try some Scandinavian pronunciation here for Nugna U. Nugna. Nugna, as uh, British people just call it. Nugna. Is that how, is that how it's what, pronounced? Where, I mean, where, I, where's that brewery from? Are they Norwegian? They are Norwegian, yeah. Um, in that case, got, I'm not entirely sure. But if it was Danish, it'd be Nergna. Yeah. They got taken over a few years ago as well, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I can't actually remember which big conglomerate owned, owned them. Anyway, I found this knocking around. I'm, um, it's their Godjul. <laughs> it's all about the pronunciation. Yeah, it's their so Christmas it's ale. Called, it actually it's says, called Happy Christmas. It says Christmas in ale on, on the uh, side. It's 8.5%. Um I mean, I'm f- familiar with the Danish Christmas beers, so I assume it's kind of similar. Um, they have more of a sweetness to them rather than being full of s- spice. Um, and it is very sweet. It's dark. It's nice. Uh, I think there might be something written on the side, actually, about it. Uh, it looks like, just... it's, looks like it's got some body to it, Mark. Yeah, I I'm trying to remember how many years ago I bought it as well because I can't find any dates on the side, which I suppose fits the spirit of just digging around for something that had Christmas on the side. Definitely. Christmas uh, with a rich, complex taste of caramel, just the way we think Christmas should be. Apparently, it's in English on the side now. So, cheers. I love, I love Christmas to be caramel. That's, that's my favourite Christmas <laughs> flavour, actually. <laughs> I, I, I pour caramel on the turkey. It's just... It's <laughs> <laughs> that, that, and, that and other weird traditions what you're going to get to hear about <laughs> it's, on, on it's this the, show it's the same <laughs> color as gravy isn't it so yeah um it was an interesting point that you made right at the beginning there mark about that brewery because you did you used to see them everywhere yeah. um certainly when i first started getting into beer and and in, in particular craft beer sort of 10 years ago um that they were one of those that, that were really sought after and and then They've they've just gone away and and until about five minutes ago, I'd forgotten that they were ever a thing. Yeah, and, and as you say, they did used to be everywhere. There's like yeah. in terms of like the big European breweries, like there's them as like the the main Scandinavian one, and then you'd have like Case, the the Dutch brewery, and and it, well, that's enough a brewery, really. Have they been bought out by a conglomerate as well? Because I don't see it. Anywhere. No, we had a case beer in Leeds. We <laughs> did, didn't we? Yeah. Second mention. Oh, of you it, did. That did actually you? happened oh, on the first night, brewery. wasn't it, Mark? In the North you, Bar. You, you keep setting them up, right? You keep well, setting them yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> no, but I used to use them as an example of actually maybe these brewery buyouts don't mean that you're suddenly going to see them everywhere, but maybe you do in. Norway and other Scandinavian countries because you're absolutely right. They just disappeared off the face of the earth. I always loved them because they did smoked beers and barley wines when yeah. a lot of British breweries weren't doing them at all. So it was always nice to have those kind of uh, beers available from somebody. And they always did make fantastic beers. And this is, it is very, very nice. I, you know, don't know all the ins and outs of their setup now with how the, Brewery buyout affected them, but it's a nice beer. So, does it taste Christmassy? 
It tastes thick and heavy. It tastes wintry. Okay. Yeah. Which, you know, I that's, think that's good. as we might discuss in a little bit, there's sometimes a, a a thin line and there's sometimes an actually big, thick, wide, double yellow line. So it depends where you are with it. What have you got, Steve? What did you dig out? Well, I, I think you called this correctly, Mark, before I even told you what, what I was having. But I, I dug, dug out, and here we go on an evening of a butchering pronunciations. <laughs> Get ready for this one. Pronunciation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what that that too? Yeah. Uh, I have got avec la bonne vue de la brasserie du Pont. So this is 2021 version of this beer. And this is a beer that is very much rooted in, in Christmas in its origins. Uh, first released, I think, in 1970 at this time of year as a very special way of the brewery saying thank you to, to all of the people that used to go out of their way to, to drink from them and used to only be available from the brewery itself. And now it's it's an annual release. It's released a couple of times a year. And it's absolutely fucking delicious. It really is. And I know <laughs> I know Em's going to be absolutely cringing as she listens to this Um but yeah, it's 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 a beer that I absolutely love, and I've never really thought of it as a Christmas beer, and, and until you kind of read its origin story, and then you taste it, and you're like, I can see that that works really well at Christmas. I think it, it reminds me similar to the Still Knocked in terms of not in taste, but I suppose in kind of like the light color that it's a beer that really obviously is about christmas and new year in this time of year but in comparison to the traditional sort of a bit a bit like the saint bernardus in comparison to that kind of big thick heavy quad style um christmas belgian christmas beer it's a million miles away at the same time yeah you can only associate it with this time of year well it's i mean what is it it's basically it's an imperial saison um nine and a half percent but yeah i i sitting here recording with you guys marking your christmas jumper robbing your fantastic santa hat with a christmas tree in front of me as i'm drinking it i Steve feel shirtless full-on fucking christmasy i really do <laughs> and no i've still got my shirt on <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't just i didn't just ignore that he hasn't cooked a roast today <laughs> the, the shirt is still on there's no broadside involved yet. <laughs> not not yet. It's not Sunday. I think you mentioned it uh, when when you were chatting uh, about your beer, Mark, in terms of Christmas beers and uh, there being a bit of a divide between them. And you started talking about it then as as, as well when you was talking about the the, the Bon Vu. I, I think it's it's an interesting point, isn't it? Christmas beers because that there is a fine line between Christmas beers being actually really really good or being very very bad yeah i've definitely got some thoughts on this i mean let's start with the positive it's like you look at what we've discussed so far we've had two belgian beers and the scandinavian beer and they're both there's there's a real tradition isn't there in in belgium and in scandinavia for proper christmas beers and then even you look at the likes of like um then you've got the american beers as well from like um anchor and and of course sierra nevada i'm sure we'll all have some thoughts on, on that uh, to come in a second but then at the same time you've got the crap christmas beers where someone has just took one of their bitters and just give it a stupid christmas name 
And then you've got the likes of the Scottish brewery. They'll just do just another bland hoppy ale and call it hoppy Christmas or some bollocks. And yeah, that, that, they give Christmas bears a bad name because they're just bloody lazy. So, no, so many no, things no, I want to come no, in on, no, on, on, on no, that. No, 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 no. For a start there, you've blanketed two separate problems under the same fucking umbrella, and I'm not having that for a second. <laughs> okay, okay, let's let's break it down then, Mark. Wow, what's, what's, I did, I did not see this the first coming. problem? Well, even if you want to call it a problem, which I don't, because there, there is almost what would be a tradition of what we, we talked about. Um, Scandinavian Christmas, Belgian Christmas, blah blah blah. The if there was a tradition of British Christmas beers, it was as Rob described, uh, just throwing some clove and cinnamon into the um mash tun or whatever, the hot pool at the end, yeah. and just hoping for the best and that doing that, that doing the job. But that was almost a tradition, and there was versions of that that I really liked growing up. You My know local what? when I was eight, 18 was. A Thwaites Brewery pub, Thwaites when they were still the proper brewery in Blackburn, and they always brought out Good Elf at Christmas, which was about five point two, five point three strong ale, as as they were considered back then. Just full of Christmas spice, yeah. and oh, on, on we used to go to the pub on Christmas Day, and a couple of pints of Good Elf was so brilliant at that time of year, and it was just you know a, a regular. British strong ale with a few spices uh, in, but that made it pintable. That made it caskable. <laughs> Penned a new word there for you, Steve. And I love uh, that caskable, writing that down. And it was absolutely fantastic. And what I so the second point is what the bit that I didn't like because it's such a fucking bro dog attitude for them to come in and just go. We're tearing this up. We're not doing this. So what we're going to do is just brew another IPA and call it Hoppy Christmas because we're so effing cool. Yeah. And that took away from that. And everybody ran along with it and then started saying, oh, yeah, you don't just want a bit of spice in your beer. And it's like, I do. I absolutely do. I, and I, then year, 10 years later, Thwaites re-released Good Elf and just made it a 4.5% pale beer. Because, oh, that's disappointing. Um, Same more. I actually oh. agree. I actually agree with your first point. I was I didn't really go into detail on, on that, but at least when they're bringing out a Christmas beer, it might be a bitter, it might be a stronger version. Like for example, one of my favourite breweries in the world, Bavams, bring out their um their Christmas beer every year, and that is just a strong bitter, and I love that. And and I do like a beer where they had a bit of spice. It was definitely just the lazy stick a name on a beer that they already do sort of thing that. That I think is crap. Yeah, though, however, this like Hook Norton's Twelve Days is a fantastic beer for this time of year, and it's obviously it's their Christmas beer. But it is a. I used to convince myself that it was full of clove just because it was Christmas, but you actually revisit it now, and it's just it's just a strong bitter. Yeah. It's not actually got any of that spice in it, but you convince yourself it because you're feeling festive. A bit like I don't actually get a lot of spice from saint bernardus or anything but oh you know as steve said he found it over overpowering when he had it on keg i, I think just... it's mainly fruity if anything yeah there's, there's some spice to it but it's real just uh well i think you just sometimes you see christmas or something on the label and you're suddenly convinced that that's yeah. happening i just for yeah, a... the, the other thing is uh is um 
that a bit like the Danish and obviously the Norwegian one, as we learn, is that those things, traditions and uh, of Christmas beers mean different things, just like Sierra Nevada's celebration, which is undoubtedly like a lot of people's favorite Christmas beer, and it's fantastic. But I mean, is it just a red IPA? <laughs> it's oh, there's so much. Firstly, it's not a red IPA. It absolutely is I, not. I, I saw you waiting to just dive in there and defend it there, Steve. It, it's it's just the straight up West Coast American IPA. But secondly, I, 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 to, to a certain extent, I agree with what you're saying because it's it's the furthest possible thing than that it could be from a Christmas beer. It just so happens to be released at Christmas because that's when the hops are at their freshest. It's, well, uh, it's, it's from it's a California fresh hop as IPA, well, isn't it? Yeah, they don't they don't have winter in California. Not no, like we do. But but strangely, and I'd, apologies if you two cringe at this, you you can level up the Winter Wonderland badge on Untapped with Sierra Nevada celebration because it is classed as a Christmas beer. I don't which I, know. I just what find that means. strange. Well, I think I think the label has basically made it a Christmas beer because it, it, it is got a, a cottage in the snow. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a, it's a harvest celebration beer. It's brew. It's released in about. September or something like that. Um, so I think I think literally the snowy cottage has made it into a Christmas beer, but it technically isn't. But then you've got things like anchors again, which is another one Rob has m- mentioned, and um, that is inherently a, a Christmas beer. So that, but they're just beers that you a Christmas beer a Christmas can just be beer something that you associate with on the Christmas. Label. There's nothing Christmassy about the beer that's inside the bottle. It's just, it's just oh, straight up. Water. I disagree with that. No, I disagree. No, a, a, the thing for me, a Christmas beer, it gives you some some warmth, whether it's literal just booziness warmth, or just that that warm Christmas feeling. I think something as as well. If you've been going into pubs and drinking cast beer for a long time you know and again like i have because mine were quite early experiences so when you're still getting into beer and things were brand new and you went in and you saw the rocking rudolph label with the light up antlers that it's going on it yeah. felt like christmas it was mm. exciting yeah. you were young and you were still discovering beers and it's like you're less angry look at, at it. the world it's got a fucking light up reindeer on it so it's ex- <laughs> it was exciting and it made you feel and you only saw it at that time of year so it, it reminds you of steamed up windows and packed pubs and you know wearing your winter coat you know being out with your um family or friends that you only saw at that time of year it might not be the greatest beer in the world but it reminds you of it makes you feel christmasy you know what mark i'm thinking there that, that i was a right miserable git a few minutes ago <laughs> because that that image that you were just painting on the canvas for me that 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 that, that makes me feel good and oh, i want to go and drink <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've now got I've now pump. got an image of Mark pushing his way to, to the bar to, to to get to that pump clip, pushing aside all the part time drinkers that you get this time of the year, <laughs> all all of those twats that are just filling up the space in the pub. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you never been in a pub before? What's up with you? <laughs> Don't why you know how in, this works? Why are you all in single file? Well, if, if I, I just had to dangle that one. I just oh, had yeah. to dangle that one, Mark. Because... This is quickly going to get off the rails, this, <laughs> I, I get the impression. 
It's just making me more convinced that I'm in the crewing show because it's scarily accurate. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the thing is, if there is such a thing as a British Christmas beer, I suppose that's it. Another thing that I've always said that brewers are finally caught up no, on. Hang on, what's it? What's what's the British Christmas beer? It's just a, a stronger, darker bitter. It's somewhere, it's not a stout. It's not, you know, a, a, a 3.84% best bitter. It's darker, it's, it's, it's maltier in character. You know, almost tricks you into this idea that it's spiced in some way, but it's not. <laughs> it's just slightly stronger. Some of them are spiced. I've, but I think sometimes people talk about like Bateman's beer have just been like, oh, they've just chucked a bit of spice in it. There's no spice in it. It's just think, a darker bitter. I think maybe so. they're worse in the bottle, though. I, I, I think if you happen to, to to come across a bottled version of it, then I, I don't think it translates as well. In, oh, in, well, that, in, that's the fair bottle. enough. But that's like most of the bottled beers that you see like sold in the supermarket. That's, that's like, you know, comparing Shepherd and EM's cask beers to the clear bottle stuff you get in supermarkets they, they are mostly shittering bottles i'll give i'll give you that that's uh, that's definitely that's, true look 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 at mark having to concede a point there and ah, it as, as, as well i would say my final point was going to be something that i've said for ages is that the flavors of christmas though of course are not re- re- redundant to just cinnamon and clove and stuff and for a long time brewers seem to think they were Turkey, cheese. <laughs> well, I do, well, I do think now, now they're catching up for good or bad. Because I was for a long time saying things like, well, surely a cranberry stout would be really nice, but nobody's doing it. And now there's a couple of them knocking about. Chocolate orange and stuff. You see plenty of chocolate orange stouts knocking about. But I used to say, well, isn't that a Christmas flavour? Are these not things that we associate with Christmas? Sure, there's more things that you can explore for Christmas beers. But it's, it's interesting that you say that about re- relying on certain flavours or throwing spices or certain things at a Christmas beer to, to make it Christmassy, because I think we, we've proved from the, the, the three beers that we've drunk here on, on this first round that, that that isn't necessarily the case. And I think that the beer that we're going to drink now, which you sent to us, Mark, is, is again a great example of a Christmas beer that isn't Christmassy. Tell us all about this beer then, Mark, what it is and why you sent it to us. Uh, so it's from St. Mars of the Desert again, second podcast in a row for them. Uh, it's called Cool It. Cool spelt as in cool ship. Uh, or is it called Jingly Bells? It's called both, I think, isn't it? Oh, it's called it Jingly Bells. Jingly Bells. Uh, it's a festive cool ship IPA with piney and fruity hops, which sounds perfect. We I thought we're... I'd get it as something to break up what we've been going on about. But also, no, I'm not saying that it contradicts what I was just saying about people just brewing an IPA and saying, well, it's just a Christmas beer, because I still agree with that in some sense. Um, you can brew an IPA, and if it's uh, you feel it's festive, just like we talk about Sierra Nevada celebration, you you, we, you can do that as long as you're not trying to make some kind of point about how crap other Christmas beers are at the same time. That's why it's different. So I'm hoping that it's going to be really piney, really bitter, and it's going to be right on the street of all three of us. So I tell it you what, smells it, amazing. It smells it smells like they've got it on the boil in the brewery. Mm. Yeah, great shout! Oh, 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 oh god, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to dive into this. Cheers, now. cheers chaps! Cheers. Ooh. So they add hops 
in the cool ship to get fruity, sweet aromas and flavors. I can't even. Oh, wait, Jesus of Nazareth's birthday. <laughs> Mr. Johnson, that is incredible. Oh, boy, what a treat. Now it feels like Christmas. Oh, this is this. I'm oh, I'm going to run out. Oh, of this very quickly. my God. Oh, my God. Oh. Do you know when I was just 10 minutes ago saying that um, all Christmas beer should be IPAs? Well, <laughs> all, all Christmas beer should be IPAs. All, all Christmas beer should be IPAs. Can we just have a quick break so I can put in an order for this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, the Belgians have been getting it wrong for years. <laughs> this is so good. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's so balanced. Everything in that is 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 so well balanced. I mean, if I said it, it was a, a good idea to have as a palate cleanser, probably correct because mine's nearly gone. <laughs> oh, oh God! Oh. I thought Donna Blitzen, Rudolph, all the gang are dancing <laughs> on my tongue. <laughs> oh gosh! Here come the three wise men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not going to have a lot to say for the next few minutes, uh, other, other than oh. us just going. Oh, oh this oh, is go- this, is, this is gold, frankincense, and uh... <laughs> oh, what a beer! You, oh well, good choice in the end. I, I was really worried that you guys are just going to think, "Ei, he's fucking copped out there, aren't he?" Look at that. <laughs> nah, when, when a Saint Mars of the Desert beer turns up, what? Oh no, it's going to be good. I've not been let down. I've not drank anywhere near as many of their beers as I'd like. But each one has been, ah, God, involuntary noise. When I pulled the can out of the the the, the box and, and and looked at the at the sleigh with the uh the, the sheepskin rug in it and and the hops and the red ribbon and the name Jingly Bells, I immediately thought, well, that's Christmas. Oh, good. Yeah, there you go. You see, and, yeah. and like, you, like you say, Mark, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be uh, a, a necessarily a Christmas themed beer, as long as it's got all of the elements in it that that kind of, I suppose, make up that that feeling of of, of Christmas, which they've 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 undoubtedly got here in terms of the way they've approached to to to, to brewing it. Well, this is going to sound like jumping the gun a little bit, but. I can already tell it if they just make this something they bring out every December, this could easily be something quite special, like a proper annual release to get. You know, there's no hyperbole there. There's, it's it's actually it's actually that good, isn't it? It's actually that good. Oh, I I want this to be uh, my Christmas tradition. I have to say, yeah, this is a this is a strong four point seven five on Untapped for me. This one. Because I remember thinking about Sierra Nevada Celebration that I I remember when I first had it and I actually looked, uh, I did a search of my tweets for mention of Sierra Nevada Celebration just to see if I could remember. And the first one was in 2011 where I'd put with punctuation marks in the word, I just put Sierra Nevada Celebration unbelievable. Um, so I thought, so it's definitely obviously been something that i've loved for a long time but i felt like the last two or three years it's now become sought after it's selling out in places really really quickly and everyone's getting dead excited posting yeah. their everyone in the moment tweeting about you 
And I did have that like couple of days where I was just like, okay, now I've been saying this beer is good for ages. Why is it suddenly a thing? As which Instagrammers bloody posted about it to make it suddenly a thing. And then I, you know, you had to have one of those moments where you pulled myself back and was like, it's people really enjoying a beer that you love as well. That's that's a good thing, Mark. It's fine. <laughs> it's enjoyed. It's enjoyed internationally. You you don't own this. It's okay. Um, and so I I, w- I would love for a lot of people to very much go out and buy St. Mars of the Desert's Jingly Bells and talk about how good it is, so that they brew it again. So. I think there's, there's there's a couple of things in in there, Mark. Firstly, about celebration, uh, I, I I agree. It was it seemed to be last year that that it peaked in terms of its availability and not being able to get out hold of it. This this year, it seems far more widely available, and 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 I think maybe they've just they've just simply bought more into the UK this this year, so that because they know the demand is there for it now. I think it just goes to show maybe that a, a beer necessarily doesn't have to reek of Christmas to be a Christmas beer, much like Die Hard is is clearly a Christmas movie um, <laughs> because it's set at Christmas. So <laughs> I, uh, I just had to get I just had to get that point in there. But, oh, but... so we're doing this now, are we? So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Just I, wait till the the, the 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 next episode. We're we're bringing back opinions on on film for the next episode. Now we thought we're going to talk about this right now. <laughs> oh, we're right, talk about this right now. Let's do it. <laughs> Die Hard's a Christmas film. Is Die Hard a Christmas film, Rob? I, I am leaning towards yes. Yes. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. You know, I'm not even a bit. I'm not a, a Christmas tree in it. You know what? There's there's a whole list of reasons why it's a Christmas film, and and I'm not going to reel them all off because I feel like I have to do this every year. But the one that came as the greatest revelation, and I only realised this one last year. It's been there all along. His wife is called Holly. <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> the real question is basically, uh, it, it's not even a debate. It's one of one of those really annoying, boring things that gets discussed every Christmas. That. Obviously, as people that follow me on Twitter knows, winds me up. Um, is you know, we, we have to have this conversation all the time. If we're having the conversation every fucking Christmas, then it's a Christmas film. Exactly. You know, that's that's a good point. Yeah. And it's whether people enjoy it. The question I would pose, just as a very brief discussion, is if Die Hard wasn't a Christmas film, if the entire takeover of the building happened in July, would it be remembered as fondly as it is? Nah. <sighs> like like the thing is, though, if, he, if Bruce Willis was just knocking around in a vest in the summer, that would just be normal. <laughs> I, think, I because, think you might have a good point there, actually, Mark. So Somebody posed a question last Christmas about Home Alone, which is, you know, one of my favourite Christmas films, and, and yeah. Home Alone too. Um, and but somebody posed a question of, of Home Alone, okay. But if Home Alone isn't set at Christmas, if it's set at summer and it's just two guys breaking into a house, would you have ever watched it again since 1991 or whenever it came out? You know, and I'm like, I, I'm possibly, sure, I would. possibly not. <laughs> I reckon I would, but like, no, nah, the, the, the Christmas does add that, that extra magic to it, and there's there's some because of the Christmas 
time of year. There's just a lot more opportunity for horrible things to happen to Joe Pesci and uh, and the other dude. What's Dan, What's his name? Daniel Stern. Nobody remembers the other guy's name. What's up with you? It's not fair, is it? <laughs> I can I can I think of I'm just gonna check now. Three, maybe really. four key moments in 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 Die Hard that are are purely Christmas themed. Um, one of them being a pretty damn important one, which is spoiler alert if you haven't watched the film, where he, where he tapes the gun to his back using Christmas tape. Now that's, I mean, yeah, that could have been gaffer tape or or, or whatever, could it? But would that have been as easily at hand as a roll of Christmas wrapping <laughs> tape if if it was set in the summer? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm also not sure whether it, I don't know. Would it have the appeal if it was just Bruce Willis running around in a vest in the summer? I, I, th- I think maybe if Bruce Willis was running around in the summer in the Christmas jumper, uh, that'd be better. That that'd have different appeal altogether. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. The, the I'm only glad reason we're... it's a fucking debate of any kind is the fact that a film like Elf is based on a Christmas elf. It's a Christmas film. There's no getting away from it. Whereas these are just films that, if you take away the Christmas element, is it still? It, it, it's just a film. It's like, yeah, it is, but, but it doesn't I'll matter. I watch it. Yeah. At Christmas. Elf, elf, though. It, it's like Christmas is. For for a lot of people, not everyone, but Christmas is about that warm feeling, that that happiness, that festive feeling. And I honestly feel that the first time I ever watched Elf was the happiest I've ever been in my whole life, and it's all been downhill since. You oh, got God. me right well, there, Rob. Me, I, I, well, I, I tell you, what, I, honestly, I love Elf. It's I, I, a big I, 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 family tradition. Oh God, I, I watched that, and it it was like the hug of. It, it was like it was, it was like the hug that me and Steve shared in Leeds. Oh it was God. similar to that. Honestly, just, not, just the one of many, Mark. I'm such just, a you're just the one of many. Yeah. yeah. Well, but but Elf, is, Elf is like Christmas in a can. It, it really is. Yeah. Elf, Elf is like this beer. It's it's everything you want in a Christmas movie. It makes you feel fuzzy and warm. It's about yeah. Christmas. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Yes, I'll admit, I have a little bit of a tear uh, at the end every year. It gets Elf, me. Yeah. Elf is like the warmth of a Mark Johnson gilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was no gilet this year, but he was rocking an incredible coat. <laughs> Did miss uh, the gilet, though. I was too cold for a gilet. I, I needed an extra layer on. Needed I, some, I was off the farm, guys. I was, I, was, I was in the big bag city. I was like when Elf arrives in the city, <laughs> going into work big with his dad. City, I had to try, Don't I had talk to, try, to me about sophistication. I've been to Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> I had to try and blend in with the city goers. You know? Actually, now you say you did, you did look like Will Ferrell when he dresses up properly. That's exactly what I look like. <laughs> Francisco, that's fun to say. <laughs> it's very, it's a very purpley top you wear in there, Steve. Yeah, purpley, <laughs> so purpley. Oh, can we just sack this off and go watch Elf? We've just, <laughs> just beer longing on films where we just watch Elf for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, and a half is that's still in time for like Easter or something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we we have digressed slightly here from from what we were what, from what, what the plan. <laughs> the plan sure was no. there is no plan. <laughs> no, from I, I I think the point I was trying to make was which I think I did quite well. Was, was a that, point. That die Hard is a Christmas movie. This is the hill I will die on. That that yeah. one is. It, oh, it, no, it, it really is. There's no need to die, Steve. And and this beer, this beer is the die, die Hard, hard. Of, uh, Christmas beers. <laughs> 
I, I absolutely agree with you, Mark. This is yeah. this is totally not what you would expect a Christmas beer to be about. Just while we finish off this diehard of Christmas beers, which is absolutely what I'm going to call it from 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 now on. Um, Mark, you put out a poll recently being completely Grinchworthy uh, about some some views on Christmas. And, and I've already managed, managed to get a couple of those off tonight. So um, what, what what else is left on there that we, we haven't covered yet? Or, or, did, or did you need some proper time to talk about Christmas drinkers in the pub? Well, I was going to say, I was trying to think of the two and I thought, huh, have we talked about people in the fucking pub at Christmas, you know? People in know my pub at All Christmas. those people out having a bloody nice time. I'd like to say that I wasn't being a, I wasn't being a Grinch about Christmas. I was being a Grinch about people talking about the same things every darn year, which was yeah. about the fact that the same topics raised the head is Die Hard a Christmas film rather than just going, yes, it is, and getting on with their lives. Um, <laughs> no. So it was about those kind of topics, one of which was, do we have to have the topic about people in pubs at Christmas every damn year? You know, because people are going to disagree on the subject. So we can, but, you know, we're new to the podcast. Should we have a brief conversation about what we think? Of- Let's, because I've got I've got quite a strong view on this and I've got, and I've got a particularly stronger view this year, I think. I, I think I think right now... What, what, could I go first on one basis? Is that I am... No. Um, <laughs> you absolutely can't because I was I was off on 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 my rant then. No, I'm I'm you. I want to tell you you're wrong before you start. Okay so. then. Well, you go then. Seeing as it's your poll, is and that is because I have I think more of a a regular pub or a pub that I go to regularly several times a week more than you two do, and so I have a different view as very much a bar fly, a pub regular about people coming into my pub just once a year, not understanding the etiquette, not understanding oh, how I'm a pub I'm sorry works. that I didn't say hello to you until I was leaving. Go on. Sitting in the back room with the mate that they've come up from Birmingham with, saying nothing. To, no. Um, so I know the thing, I know the things that you're potentially going to say about once a year drinkers and they're all absolutely valid and i know that i'm going to agree with them but that doesn't stop me but you're still wrong it doesn't stop me just being like yeah but that's just not how you use a pub and i have the right to complain about people that you know if 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 a group of six of you come in one go and find a table and then one of you comes to the bar and buys the drinks maybe another one comes to help not all six of you have to come at the bar and all stand there in the way of the bar while you get your individual drinks and then go and find a seat that's not how pubs work maybe that's they don't not know how what they, they work. want maybe they I don't, don't want care to look. whether it's christmas <laughs> maybe they don't know mark maybe they need that, 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 time to decide could... And they, before anybody could says have a look. it, they could and have before a look, anybody then go says it, down once and they come in at Christmas time, once a year, they're not going to be encouraged back because they had a lovely time. That's not how Christmas drinkers work. They'll be back in 12 months' time. Even if they had the best time and they were like, this is the greatest pub ever, this is lovely, you're all lovely, I'll see you next December. So don't give me any of that rubbish about how they're going to be back in January if we encourage them. That's what I think. What do you guys think? I feel like I'm going to be chastised for um, my Christmas tradition. 
I uh, I do not need to be having <laughs> a pub though. In fairness, I just I just watching Mark get angry over like Christmas drinkers are for Christmas, not for life, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, um, this is why I signed up to do this podcast. To be honest, just just watch Mark get angry over <laughs> over things. I I think it's a it's it's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I mean. You can go into some some pubs at Christmas, and I agree with what you're saying, Mark. That you know you are a far more of a regular in 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 your locals than 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 I certainly am. But I do I do find myself getting riled at, at Christmas with people that that are all out in their Christmas fucking jumpers and Santa hats, making an absolute bell end of themselves all over the place. Um, but what? I think that the point I want to make, and I know this is the point that you knew that I wanted to make, was I think this year more than ever, I think the industry is absolutely on its ass, and 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 we should be welcoming every single person through the door that's going to put money behind that bar. Because actually, if they don't if they don't do it now in December, then there's a very good chance that 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 bar isn't going to be there in January. I mean, I know we did the whole brewery closures a couple of months back on the podcast but you look at how many more have closed since and you look at how many bars are going and this is this is a peak time for the industry and you've you've got to start to wonder what's going to happen in January and February how many more are we going to see in January and February and I know that's going slightly off off, off topic but I do also also agree with you Mark the, the chances are is is that if if you've got a group of people that have been dragged out on some sort of Christmas do that end up in a bar that or, or a pub that isn't particularly somewhere where they want to be then the chances are that they're not going to come back in January you're never going to see them again until next Christmas but let's welcome them at the time and the place that they're there because they're actually putting money behind the bar and 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 they're, they're helping keep the lights on for another couple of days. You're absolutely right. I, I told you I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, and the thing is as well, you know, regulars moan about literally everything. You know, they, if they change the colour of the light bulbs or the 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 paint in the back room a different color or something regulars just complain so when regulars are moaning that there's different people in the pub they just moan about everything anyway so they're not really actually saying i don't want you in the pub and i hope this pub fails and i hope you never come back they just they just whinges and it's it's all right just the same way that regulars have to deal with christmas drinkers christmas drinkers have to deal with regulars they've just got to work together in tandem that's just how pubs work Exactly that. I think I think you've summed that up beautifully there, and 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 far more subdued than where you first started this this discussion. <laughs> it's, 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 and it's, you've got to remember as well that those rants are either on Twitter or they're on this podcast. I'm not actually screaming in people's faces. <laughs> Your pub etiquette's crap. What are you doing here? It doesn't happen. So. And that, my friends, is the meaning mm-hmm. of Christmas. <laughs> and that's belonging. <laughs> is, is that was that all of the options on your poll mark or no there no there one? was two other little ones um one the one i feel quite strongly about is there's always at least one article knocking about on like vice or one of them lifestyle magazines of some idiot that's written well actually i, I find christmas dinner and sunday roasting general really rubbish as if that's 
an inspired opinion that I've got to give a shit about. Oh, I have a stronger well, opinion. And it's on like, this. well, that's just a traditional thing. And, th- and then, but then people come back at me and just go, yeah, but if we're honest, Turkey's a bit rubbish. And it's like, oh, that's oh, just, oh, apart from the fact that's just one part of a Christmas dinner and one choice, you know, because you can still have goose or duck or whatever anyway. That's also just one minor part of it. But it's irrelevant. It, your opinion, it doesn't matter. If you don't enjoy Christmas food, I don't, don't need to read it. about it every fucking year. I'll tell, yeah, I'll, t- yeah. I tell you what, you know what? Just bloody grow up. And if you're going to say about mince pies, if you can't handle a mince pie, grow up and shut up. <laughs> it's true, it's true That's though. That's all I have to say on that. There are some really emotive topics here this evening, aren't there? Yeah. Oh, come on. You know what? You know what? It's Christmas dinner, you don't enjoy it. It's because you can't cook, so bugger off. Well, I've got to have it even more now because my partner's vegetarian, so um, our main Christmas dinner, I still do myself an entire turkey, but our (laughs) our main Christmas dinner actually doesn't have any meat on the table, and all I get is... how can how can that possibly be? What do you do instead? And so it's just like you just grow, just grow up. Okay. Oh yeah, no, well, you're right. Yeah, it's not just that. It's just like well, I put care into absolutely everything else that goes onto that plate. Yeah. You will not eat any better roast potatoes. I take care of my broccoli. Yeah. I've not just steamed it in a bag that you bought from M and S because it's Christmas. So you splashed out on something. It's absolute no. Christmas Mark, where do you stand on uh, Yorkshire puddings on a Christmas dinner? If you if you want to put them on there, that's fine. That's that's all right then. There's there's not room for them on a, a normal one. I don't understand when people say there isn't room for a Yorkshire pudding. You're you're doing a roast wrong if there isn't room for a Yorkshire pudding. You either put them at the bottom and use them as as, as a foundation to build your castle upon, or you put them a on receptacle, top. Aren't they really? Yeah. No, yeah. I just think at, at Christmas I do about nine different things. So Yorkshire pudding just have to be a tenth, and I don't know if there's room for them. But I absolutely love Yorkshire puddings. They go with any roast, any meat, any vegan one, anything. You can uh, make a good, I make a good vegan Yorkshire pudding, or we just use eggs from our chickens in a vegetarian one. Um, or yeah, they go with any meat. So I'm all for it. I don't normally do them on Christmas Day just because there's that many other different things to do that it's um, another, because it's a bowl to mix them in and then the specific pudding tray to pour them in i just don't have room to do them normally because i'm doing so many other things but absolutely if you have them steve all power to you because they're the best thing so i had them for breakfast in leeds so oh, thank you so, absolutely breakfast if you had yorkshire puddings with a bit of jam on that's pretty good oh yeah absolutely yeah no no my family have never done yorkshire puddings on christmas day really and, and, and it's like mark <laughs> says there's just a lot lot going on and the stuff on a christmas dinner that's not in your normal roast, so that kind of takes precedence over the Yorkshire puddings. I think it's what if people feel that strongly about whether or not they belong on something, just that kind of thing. That was what that poll was about. People that feel that strongly about stuff is weird to me. Yeah, but let's all just have a I, nice time. I was, I was going to say I, that because there are people that get really angry about Yorkshire puddings being on a roast that isn't beef, because apparently traditionally you're only supposed to serve them with beef, aren't you? But I'm like, if, if there isn't a Yorkshire pudding on my plate on a Sunday, then it basically isn't a Sunday. 
It is my, fa- my family is actually from Yorkshire. I went every Sunday to my grandparents in Yorkshire to have Sunday dinners. And let me tell you, there was Yorkshire puddings on that Sunday dinner every Sunday, no matter what meat we were having. So it annoys me even more when I see these opinions from people that come from Torquay or somewhere <laughs> just going, no, you can only have it with roast beef and fuck off, right? <laughs> So. And there's another one crossed <laughs> off the list. Was that it, or are we done there, Mark? Was was, was uh, those... well the final one, which I don't actually want to rant about too much because it does pose much bigger questions. Is is the love actually one? What what is the love actually question? Because I might have a huge opinion on this. I, I, I have an opinion about it as well. But... Well, every every uh, love love actually is again. Um, Possibly one of those Christmas films that could exist outside of Christmas. I know the Christmas plays a, a big part because there's the countdown to it. Um, but it's a beloved Christmas film. It's one that a lot of people look forward to watching each year. You know, some people have that specific, oh, we, we save that one for Christmas Eve or we do that when we're wrapping presents, whatever. People like the film. There are flaws in the film, like with the majority of films, certainly... What you could, you could I like Love actually, but it's a throwaway it's a throwaway film at the same time. And the recently everyone again gets excited about these articles that just go, it shows so many problematic relationship traits. Oh, fuck uh, off. Fuck right, what well, I'm gonna just enjoy in, the film. I'm gonna step yeah, in exactly. and give my little thought now before Steve speaks, because we know that Steve <laughs> feels very strongly about love actually. So what I'll say is that you know what, it's a film that always makes me feel good. I always well up a bit at the end when they play God Only Knows, because to be fair, I just well up if anyone plays God Only Knows, because it's a beautiful song about friendship. But one thing Amen. in the film that bothers me is um, how well Colin Frissell does, where he just turns up in bloody Wisconsin or wherever it is, and just ends up going to stay with all these beautiful... January Jones, Ivana... Melissa Vick and who's the oh Alicia Cuthbert? I've been to America and that has never once happened to me. <laughs> I'm a I'm a bang average Englishman. So is he? You know, I'm not going to be able to watch it this year, Rob, without thinking of of, of you in that character now. Why did this happen to Rob? <laughs> yeah, and he's got a massive knob. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, like I mean, that bit is actually the, the there's sort of issues there. Um, but the the one that is like the, the best friend of the husband who takes the placards to Keira Knightley is the scene that's often oh, yeah, that, talked about as being, you know, oh, this is so problematic, and it's like it's not problematic. Most people that watch it just think. God, what a dick! I also my my issue with that scene is where is where she he he pours his heart out to her and and I I look at it as being that's him drawing a line under it and then he walks away and then she does the worst thing she could possibly do, which is chases him down the road and kisses him, therefore giving him hope again. And it's like no, he he just finished that and now you've made it worse because now he believes there's still a chance. And, and like, this is why Mordu turned on the ancient one. Yeah, this is why he went off and grew a great big beard and fought zombies. Yes, we, yeah, we, we exactly. know all of this. We know these are all, we know basically love actually is canon to everything else that we love. 
and she married a pirate <laughs> or exactly. something along those lines. Exactly. I am. No. Um, I'm going to pick up some points here. So, so, so Mark, I uh, I'm not sure I agree that it could exist outside of Christmas um, because otherwise it just becomes four weddings and a funeral or not in here or anything else that Richard Curtis has done. And, and, and I think the thing that ties it all together is that um, I can't think of his name now and you think I'd be able to. Um, Bill Nye's character essentially ties the whole thing together with his retelling of the awful wet 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 song into (laughs) (laughs) christmas is all around um that's what ties the entire that's the golden thread throughout the film it's the thing that starts the film it's the thing that finishes the film it's it's brilliant and i don't think this film exists outside of that um and i think all the other stories because they take place at christmas i think you get that fluffiness i think it gives you that fluffy element that we were we were talking about in 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 earlier on and i just i just think it works as a christmas film yeah there's look there's absolute elements of it the bullshit but you know what there's elements of the That's nightmare before Christmas, Christmas that are bullshit, but I absolutely love it as a Christmas film. Yeah. So yeah. I don't yeah, it's it, it's boring to have to go through it all the time now through this. Um it, it, it reminds me very much of the conversation that we have to endure these days about friends because people get paid articles to say, Well, have you noticed that Ross from Friends is a bit of a dick? And it's like, Yeah, he, he's a, a character that. with a lot of a, a lot of flaws. Because you don't write perfect characters, you write characters with flaws. That's that's how it works. It's just like, yeah, but he was always jealous of Rachel's career, and it's like, yes, that plays out. That's literally one of the major plot points in like series four or whatever it is. You know, yes, that is a characteristic of him. It's a major flaw. We don't need a load of Gen Zers or whatever they're called now writing articles about it, going, but we don't really like Ross from Friends. You I don't give a shit. So. And so love actually is doesn't need to be on this microscope 20 years later. Yeah, there are things that are of its time and it wouldn't be made the same way now, you know, but that's most historical um, films. So I think I think for me, if, if nothing else, um, prior to my first viewing of love actually i i really really disliked hugh grant as an actor I, I just thought he played the same thing in every film that that he was in and i think for me love actually showed a side to him that yes he he played the same character that he always plays in every film but it, it showed a different side to him it showed a, a slightly more comedic side to him one that wasn't afraid to poke holes at himself as well and we're getting really deep about the, the, the films now. We're not talking about beer anymore, which is <laughs> which is quite worrying. Considering Hugh Grant's storyline, again, something that people don't get is when they rewatch it now, is that the Martin McCutcheon characters keeps getting criticised for being in some way overweight or having big thighs or something. That and is the people bit just that makes like, me feel uh, most uncomfortable about that film. I have to say. Well, I would say that that's. And, and I might have this completely wrong because it's considered problematic as if she's enormous. And it was like, I've always watched that film, even from a teenager when I first watched it, has been like, but the joke, well, if it is a joke, but it's sort of a, a joke is that she's not those things. And and Hugh Grant's just like, really? What, what are you guys seeing? Because she's not in any way at all. Yeah, this thing. What, why are these actually. other people mean to her? And I always... Re- read it slash viewed it as that and therefore 
people I always thought were missing the point and looking for something that's not there by going, so we're calling Martine McCutcheon fat when she's not even fat. And it's like, no, it's that's the point that she isn't, isn't it? Yeah, no, I guess you're right there, actually. Yeah. Mm. If Love Actually was a Christmas beer, what Christmas beer would it be? I think it would be this next one that we're about to enjoy, to be honest with you, Rob. And that's a beautiful segue into our final beer, which is the beer that I chose to send to you two. And for for no other reason than I don't think I've ever seen a label more Christmassy than this one. It just absolutely oozes Christmas. This is Elusive Brewing's Mince Pie Barley Wine. It's 9%. And why wouldn't you finish a Christmas special on a mince pie barley wine? Oh, that is looking very barley winey. Isn't it? It's it's, it's a darker barley wine. Mm, it's just, it's not too thick or anything, is it? Like a barley wine never is. But let's let's just stop for a moment to admire the the, the can label artwork on this. Oh, I mean, great, I, 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 we all love Elusive's branding anyway, but yeah. this is just next level Christmasing. Just um, just uh, I'm just going to step back to my first beer as well at the Saint Saint Bernard's Christmas Ale. I can never see that bottle without imagining um, someone on Twitter made a version with Andy Parker. As the um, as the Christmas monk on it. That's a nice link between my first beer and this last beer that we're finishing off the show with. I would, I would like to say that this whole concept before before I dive in and taste it goes back to what I was saying about how this is exploration of Christmas flavors. It seems to take years for British breweries to start doing mince pie flavored beers which i would have thought would have been the first thing we would have done it's fairly obvious isn't it when i was saying things like the cranberry stout and things like that i was like why are these not the most obvious thing people to go for it seems really obvious but i know that northern monk have done a couple of mince pie stouts maybe and i'm sure there's been more knocking about but bread sauce bitter absolutely should be done so i'm glad you raised that as a thing that should 100 be done but is this the first mince pie barley wine but it should, it should it should have been a thing years ago well it's it's interesting because as a nation we do tend to go for a very sweet selection at christmas don't we so we've got you, you know if you if you're not on the mince pies you're on the christmas cake or you're on the yule log or you're on the the roses celebrations tins you're you're on the advent calendar chocolate you're on the terry's chocolate orange we we love something sweet at christmas don't we and and you said earlier mark a lot of those flavors have been used at christmas but some of them have 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 just been missed haven't they yeah Or, or if they have been used it took a long time for them to be used it was you know only in the last three or four years that people are finally caught up um well, just like Elusive's other Christmas beer, um, which is now being copied by a couple of other breweries. So, is that the? I can't say the word. You can tell how I've tried to avoid saying it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all going <laughs> to defer to Rob on this one. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what it's called. So. Okay, it's the Lebuchen. Lebuchen stout or, or, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've got so fed up waiting for a Christmas cake beer that I've started making a, an alcoholic Christmas cake every year because it's the only way I can get those flavours all into one place at the same time. 
And you started at the end of February as well, so absolutely, it's, you've got to give it time <laughs> to mature know. and feed, and so it's all about the feeding, all about the feeding. So, what's the beer taste like, guys? It tastes like a mince pie, to be fair. Ooh. It's fruity and spicy. Yeah. Mm. It's it's another hog in a can. I'm not sure I'm picking up any of the barley wine characteristics, which is maybe um, something that I'd want a little bit more of. I would like, I'm not tasting much short crust pastry, to be honest, which is a disappointment. It's got that thing on the nose for me personally, where it smells a little bit like Dr. Pepper. It does, um, doesn't it? As, as somebody who's a big fan of Dr. Pepper, it's got a bit of that kind of going on, a bit of sarsaparilla, maybe. Um, mm. and, right there, yeah. So, and I'm trying to think as I go into it. I've got a mince pie next to me now, which I'm going to have with it and see if that oh, changes the flavor. Oh, you out with your food oh. and beer. Oh, you see, guys, you know, you've got oh. to learn. You've got to, I've, in the I've presence of a professional. Of these things. I regret finishing my pack of mince pies last night. It's... I don't... I feel like is I'm. It a bit, I, is it a bit thin? I, I think it's kind of what I'd expect from a barley wine. Really, it's never the 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 heaviest mouthfeel, is it? For barley wine, I don't think. I, I don't know if I'll compare this to. I'm, I'm going to bookend this. So this is an elusive barley wine from the end of the year. At the beginning of this year, they released Sunset City, which was their American barley wine, which was absolutely off the charts good. Uh, and that had that felt like it had a bit more barley wineness to it than than this does. I, I think maybe maybe what they've sacrificed in the barley wine here is to get the flavours of the mince pie in. So I mean, you could you, you could have called this a mince pie strong out. I know. So this mm. beer is what nine percent, and to me, it's not it's not taste it's not feeling especially boozy considering no not like, not at all it's not whereas, got any but any burn it, at all it's smooth as hell whereas if anything with a barley wine you would expect some of that like kind of alcohol i want a little warmth. bit of burn on a barley wine I, i'm gonna be honest i want a I, little bit of a warming burn at the back of the throat I, I feel like this beer is going to improve as it warms up a bit in the glass because the problem is I've had, I had it, I kept it in the fridge. And though, even though I've took it out of the fridge, it's still pretty cold in my house. So I'm just going to, I'm going to hold the glass in my hand and warm it up a bit. Cause I think that will help. There's something lacking in the, in, in the body. I'm, I'm not decided whether it's a bad thing because the two beers previously, including the St. Mars of the desert, huge body on it for all that. It did, didn't thick, it? Sticky yeah. Oh, marmalade yeah. That was yeah. going on. Um, and so when I say this is thin, I do, thin always mean people think it means bad. It doesn't always, you know, no, it's no. really, and I am actually getting the barley wine, the mince pie flavor, sorry. Um, but at the same time, when it's a big beer, especially, you know, 9%, I could do something to right at the end that I'm, just not getting. Oh, I want it. I want it to I, tell me it's nine percent. I want mm. this nine percent to be twelve percent. Yeah, and, and give me give me a m much bigger hug than it's giving me. Yeah, well, I've I've had a hug of Andy, 
uh, as I'm, I'm sure we all have. And it's 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 a better hug than this is currently providing. But as I say, I think mine's a bit cold at the moment. I want it to to warm up and really come come into its own. So I've got mixed feelings about this beer. But if there was any doubt about Andy and Lucy's prowess as one of the best breweries in the UK, should we move on to our favourite beers and breweries of the? The year, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll let you go first, mate. What 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 are you going for? Some of your some of your highlights, beer wise, this this year. Yeah, well, I think when we discussed the show, and I was a bit kind of thinking, you know, have I had too many beer highlights this year? I do rely on Untapped a lot for this, and I've not been keeping up to date with Untapped as much as previous years. And but then when I have looked, and then I've tried to look at some of my Instagram posts about beers that I've liked, two things have featured heavily. Smoked beers, shock, and elusive, no an elusive brewery. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, th- that's where the two um, superpowers of beer come from. Now, you know the, the, the discrepancies because I mostly buy online smoked beers or things from elusive brewery, but that's almost irrelevant. There's a reason that I buy those things in the first place. Um, so, you know, just talk about Elusive for this year um, when I was flicking through or trying to remember some of the great beers that I've enjoyed this year. I've enjoyed several of their West Coast IPAs, including Double Oregon Trail, which I'll be honest, I'd nearly forgotten about because it feels like such a long time ago. I think that when was, was that? March or April, was it? It was early in the year, yeah. It was way early and in the year. Absolutely lived up to everybody's expectations. Um, can I, can I just I can think... I just throw in here that obviously we've all seen the fact that Andy's planning a uh, black Oregon trail as well. Oh, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> I mean, May, May. <laughs> that, that's that's full circle, isn't it? I, I mean, yeah, it's 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 the Oregon trail trail is is isn't it it's gonna be obviously you've 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 got to oregon at that point yeah i don't know if andy listens but he has not done enough black ipas this year (laughs) simple as yeah not enough of them just hasn't come back did you have the the jewel of fates pair which was a double west coast ipa and a double black ipa interestingly enough well, I say interesting. interesting. <laughs> well, I suppose it is because I've got a feeling I would have loved it, but I only bought one can of each. And what something happened. I dropped or somebody made me drop the box and the, my, the, the one that's the double black IPA burst. No. And I got about, I rescued about the th- a third of the can and got it into a glass and it was like the middle of the morning, so I had to leave it in a glass for a few hours until it was appropriate to be drinking a 9% beer. And then I tasted it and was like, I think this is really nice, but I can't judge it. And then it sold out by the time I went back to it. Uh, did did I, you have I, that beer? Was it? I, I, got, I got the name it, of it wrong. It's Jewel of Iron, not Jewel of Fate. Jewel I got of bit, Iron. got that confused with Star Wars. Sorry. Um, I, I did. I had them both, and I, I actually thought the that the... the the double black IPA was stunning. It, it was um, it was actually better than the double straight up West Coast IPA. Uh, really, really, really nice stuff. 
Yeah, the double was to go. I mean, it was good, uh, good beer, but it didn't compare to um, the double Oregon Trail. Because no, that was part of their birthday series, wasn't it? They they yeah. released those along with a few others as part of their, I want to say, fifth birthday it was this year. That sounds right. Yeah. But the other double IPA they did with Dis- Disruptor Brewing. Disruption which, is brewing. Which goes by the name of... The Man Who Wasn't There. Which I think we both enjoyed, Steve. Um, we we discussed um, off recording that I can't remember the name of that beer because I don't really understand the reference. Um, but I, what I do remember is the beer. I remember exactly where I was, which was literally knelt on my living room floor because I was stoking the fire. And I just poured myself this beer. So it's one of those time and place things, even though it's not an exa- exciting time and place, but... I just poured myself his beer. I'm stoking the fire. It was still um, winter. I think it was February or March, maybe. Um, and I had a sip, and I just had to put everything down and just look at the beer and go, "What? What, what is that that I'm drinking? What is that that I'm drinking?" It was absolutely sensational. And again, things that I look for, and I know you look for as well, Steve, and I'm sure you do as well, Rob, sorry to, I'm not trying to exclude you in this, you know, but oh, West double West Coast IPA of just unbelievable reportages. Um, so good. From what I understand about it, it was a bit of a homage to Pliny the Elder that um, Disruption is Brewing did, and they got Andy involved, and the certainly the colouring on the branding was very Pliny the Elder esque, um, but yeah, I think it was I think it was February because I think it was it was really weird because it popped up on of of all places it popped up on the Malt Miller site rather than yes, yes, and yes. Andy's site. And oh, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, that, I, that was right. I, yeah. I remember going in and getting a few cans of it, and then literally uh, it, it sold out that evening. And yeah, much like yourself, Mark, when I put it in glass and I had it, I was like, wow, that's incredible. And, and I went to went to York um, earlier on in the year as well and, and actually had it on draft as well somewhere when, when we were out in York. And it was it was still just incredible. Yeah, uh, then. But yeah, what a great beer um, to, to come forgot, out. I'd forgotten of, about of the that, left field, cause really. I, yeah, because I remember listening to that about on opinions at the time. I'd forgotten about that, the Malt Miller side of it. And I remember being a bit annoyed of just being like, well, if it's just exclusive to that, they can, you know. Yeah. Typical beer drinker thing, just like, oh, God, that's ridiculous. Hundred percent. You're not wrong, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the, it did eventually come on the elusive side, and I was really pleased to get a cat. And it, it lived up. It wasn't just a case of, uh, which... Yeah, typical Mark Johnson. I was thinking, you know, can't be that bloody good. You know, they're just doing that because, it, you know, it was that good. Uh, one final mention for Elusive Beer, again from earlier in the year, was a collaboration with Thornbridge. It was actually in the January box. I had to wait till February to drink it, which was Super User, which was a red IPA they did. Oh, um, that was I think good. it was about 7%. Oh, I think it was one of the first beers I had. After having a well, mostly January, a few weeks in. Um, oh, I mean, I love a red IPA and elusive and Thornbridge coming together to make one that good. 
yes, please. Um, that was absolutely fantastic. So, um, some of my highlights of the year that from elusive anyway. <laughs> I I will say that for me, in terms of um, the beer that we just what was it called the Pliny Clone one, the man who wasn't there. See, for me, that was one of my biggest um, FOMO moments, and where I did actually miss out was that beer. So I didn't get to try that one, and I'm very sad about that. And then just hearing you guys uh, discuss it there, yeah, the the, um, the regret is back. Well, it's... it was actually on tap at North Bar and Leeds the other week. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it yeah. wasn't. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't want to tell you we enjoyed pints of that, Rob. Yeah, but... No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got one more shout for elusive as 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 well, and um, one of the beers that they brew semi regularly is Spellbinder which is their coffee porter, which is in, in, incredible. But there was a there was an iteration of it this year that they did with anonymous coffee that was just that they took the coffee to another level in it. And it was just it was all coffee sort of punch in your face. It was that roasted bitterness. And it, it was it was almost like drinking a an alcoholic coffee. And I, I just think they've taken that series to a new level. And I'd like to continue to see that evolve, I guess, in terms of where they go with the Spellbinder. Because I think, I, I mean, I love coffee in beer. A coffee porter or coffee stout done well is, is a thing of absolute beauty. And I think... Yeah, and much, around that ABV as well. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so. Something like 5%, isn't it, Spell, yeah. Spellbinder? Which is... And, and rumour has it, occasionally it appears on cask as well. And can you imagine Spellbinder... Well, I think I would love it on cask. What's, what's the word, Mark? Caskable. Caskable. That's, uh, that's absolutely yeah. caskable. Because so, it was always the same with Magic Rock's Common Grounds was oh, incredible what, on cask. What happened incredible. to Common Grounds? Oh, honestly, let's not get into the whole magic rock debate again. Let's no. let's 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 not let's not do yeah, that. Uh, not, not for another ten minutes, anyway. Yeah. No, let's let's <laughs> say that um, probably one of the highlights of all of our years has been elusive and uh, and what they've done and, and 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 Andy just continuing to be Andy as as well in terms of what he puts back into the industry. Yeah, I'll tell you what; it's been an absolute joy to just see. Everyone else realizing just how wonderful elusive brewing are this year. Yeah. And to say Andy he's just won his award for brewer of the year at the um at oh, the, the so well deserved. Yeah. yeah. And that that is is a terrific bloke and and he's built a great team around him as well. Obviously, we spoke to, to Ruth on, on the first episode, who is wonderful. So yeah. <laughs> we we love elusive and it's two uh, 2022 has been their year it, it, absolutely I mean, last year was too but this year even more so and just to make one one last point clear the reason i order from elusive's website a lot is even if they've only got eight beers available it's potentially eight different styles mm. you know the, you don't get that from sometimes a, a multi an on an online specialty beer store i i had a a bit of a Twitter rant about this recently. I went on and it just seems to just be IPAs and lagers, you know. But if I if I order a, a box of twelve cans from Elusive, if I buy two of each beer, I could potentially get six different styles in there, and mm-hmm. you know, very good styles. And there's not enough mixed websites doing that. Never mind breweries, which is what makes them such a good uh, brewery. So 
more more different styles, please, guys. You know, yeah, uh, and 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 very normally as well, when you order from Elusive, you pretty much get it the next day, if not the day after. Uh, they are they are that good with, with with their delivery. So, order from Elusive, support Elusive, sign up to their mailing <laughs> list as well, because they they do frequently offer discounts through their mailing list as well. So, if you want to support, probably one of the best breweries in the UK. Then that's how you can support them is by signing up to their mailing list. And we can just um, say that that is not an advert. That is just the way we feel. Oh yeah. And just to make oh, it clear, yeah. we did pay cash money for the 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 the, the, the mince pie barley wine as well. These that they weren't they weren't gifted as as with all the beers on, on tonight's beers, no. show. These the, these these are all out of our own pocket. Any other highlights that anyone wants to talk about? Rob, any, any, anything that jumps out for you? I will say for me, this year has been like, it's a year where I really haven't, I haven't ordered directly from breweries as much as I have in past years. Well, it's just the economy, really. But what I've really enjoyed doing is just getting back to my roots and going to pubs and going out and drinking five or six pints of the same beer. So, like, obviously, I'm going to mention Bavum's Best Bitter. I had a lovely day out in, in in the summer. Me and Johnny Beer Boy went over to Dudley and did did a nice crawl around there and drank Bavum's Best Bitter and then some Holden stuff. And then we got to Sarah, Sarah Hughes' Dark Mild at the end. But I'm going to, the beer that I'm going to pull out as my beer of the year is from 2x2 two two in Newcastle. And it's their porter. And it's just a, I don't even know what percentage it is. It's probably about five percent. It's pintable, and it is delicious. I went to the the Cumberland Arms in Newcastle, and we had three pints of that in the, in the time we were there. And I could have just stayed there all night and drank that beer. It's absolutely wonderful, and that was my first beer I'd ever tried from Two by Two as well, actually. And I can't speak highly enough of it. It was delicious. It's always, it's always great when you find that 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 one beer or that one brewery that really drives it home for you, because because yeah, I've, I've I've been in that you know we've all been in that place probably a, a lot of time where you've you've gone you've had a pint of something you've gone, damn that was good, give me another, and then you have another and you're like, okay, I'm just going to keep going on this right now, and and, yeah. and then and people try to make you leave that place and you're like, no 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 no, I've yeah. not drunk enough of that beer yet. I think all of us that were there were a bit gutted that we needed to leave because we needed to head off to meet other people who'd also made their way to Newcastle. Otherwise, like um, the, the the four of us would have just stayed in the Cumberland Arms all night. And I think the fact that there's so many breweries um, across the country that will have that one beer and it's just having time to discover it you know, there's so, yeah. many, so many breweries that are just waiting to be the next, let's let's call it the next yeah. track Sonoma, you know. There was just that point, I remember in like 2015, when everybody in Manchester just went, shit, what is this one beer? And it wasn't even like tracks, like fourth or fifth best-selling beer at the time, and then everyone mm. just sort of clung onto it. Um, and they just got like caught that at the right, right time. And But I think... And as much as I love that beer, there are so many beers that have got the potential to just catch that moment and just waiting for that moment to just be like, "You, this is such a good beer and I just wish more people knew about it. And, I, t- so. 
I tell you what, another point on the tracks and Homer is that um, the day after we recorded the first ever episode of Beer Long, you know, I was in Manchester at the track tap room with, with Mark drinking Sonoma. And, oh, it was uh, a great day, though. Yeah, great it day. was. Didn't have to look at the menu. I knew what I was having. We were drinking Cask Sonoma. It was, what, about £3.20 or something like that, which is always nice. All, all I want to know is, Mark, did you get really angry at the world when everybody was like, raging about how great Sonoma was because you found it first. Of course I was. <laughs> Furious. Yeah. I, uh, oh. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, people were discovering it in 2019 and I was like, I've had my cat for three years that's got a name after this freaking man. <laughs> you mean... If, 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 you don't know, if you don't know the cat origin story, then I'm not interested in talking to you. I'm sorry, mm. but... People would just be like, um, oh, is this the one that your cat's name? I was like, Yes. Because I was here three years. I, I was here when this, I made this brewery. <laughs> I made I them what they beer. are today. <laughs> of course I was angry about it, Steve. You've Mark met me was more there than once. two tap rooms ago. <laughs> oh, I'm so predictable. Uh, and it's so true as well. <laughs> Isn't it just? I think, you oh. know what? I think we all feel that way. And then just Mark just takes it up a notch. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Have we covered Steve? Did we have we covered your favorite beers of the have year? Have we done no, Christmas? No, we haven't. Oh well, then there we please go. go ahead, sunshine. Well, <laughs> there's, there's 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 only one really. It's all about undisputed era, surely. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that was good. That was everybody's forgotten about it now. Yeah, but, slightly, um, I wouldn't. Some, that was, like, was that a collaboration between Leon C and a defunct podcast? I've well, suddenly no, remembered two Torsai beers that I need to yeah, mention. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, I've, I've, I've got to say that was um, Undisputed Era was a great moment in time because it was an opportunity for us to celebrate 10 years of the podcast. And by us, I don't just mean me and Martin. I also mean Mark as well, because uh, we, we wanted to do something to commemorate reaching that milestone. And the, the, the obvious thing to do was something um, with a local brewery and something that, that was a homage to um, a beer that we loved, uh, which was Sierra Nevada. And, and the whole experience was great. And I'd, I'd say it was brought together brilliantly by, by Matt, uh, Leon C, who the, the the artwork was just perfect for 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 that can because I'm still waiting you, for a t shirt of that to come out. I, I know because you could actually hold that can in your hand and it looked like you was holding a microphone. Um, it was it was beautiful and it was a great beer and it's it's been great to see actually over the last couple of weeks. There's still people checking it in on Untapped. There's still still a yeah, few it's, cans it's aged out there. Well, it? Yeah, yeah by it. all accounts, it's aged very well. Um, and as as much I as as I enjoyed it. It, it hasn't quite reached that, um, I suppose, that beer of the year for me. Um, it was it was great. It was fantastic. And it was, like I say, it was of a, of a moment and a place in time. But I, um, my, my beer of the year, I, I suppose if, I'm, I'm not, people are probably thinking, you know, he's just going to say Oregon Trail. Um, no, um, I'm not this year because I, I think Oregon Trail has changed Possibly not for the better, and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna leave that there. And I'm sure if people disagree with that, they'll let us know. But um, my my beer of the year was one that came quite recently, actually, and it was again from a. a it's a the same as of the desert beer, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's jingly bells, isn't it? It's jingly bells. It's beer of the year because it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. But before jingly bells, there was um, probably I think 
probably in the same vein as the Mars of, of the desert that that sometimes fly a little bit under the radar. And and it's a beer from Duration, which was their Belgian triple that they put out um, a couple of months back. The um, Seeds Sleep in the Darkness, which was absolutely stunning to the point where when I tried it, and I know we, we I've, I've also done it on a previous podcast, but when I tried it, I immediately ordered ordered twelve cans of it off of their website because it was that good, and and most of those cans are now lined up for Christmas. Um, That's I've not really... something you would do on a regular basis, either, is it? Order twelve cans of one beer? No, I, I I like to mix it up a little bit, and yeah, I've I've become a real lover of the Belgian style, and I think Duration absolutely nailed this one, and it's just an absolutely delicious beer, and I'm really excited to try it a couple of months on to see what a little bit of age has maybe done to it as well, to see how those flavours have melded together, to see how the stuff that the forage that they put in there has, has, has worked and to, to, to see what it's like as, as, as well. So yeah, I, I think for me, duration have probably knocked it out of the park with that one this year. Wow. I was, I was not quite expecting that. I'd, I'd forgotten about that actually. So um, as as well as our beer highlights of the year, what have been some beery adventure highlights of the year for you guys, Rob? Um, to be fair, it's probably some that I've already mentioned on the show. So definitely, me and Johnny Beer Boys trip to the Black Country, where we're from anyway. But anyway, we went to the the, the darkest steps of Dudley, and then Newcastle because it was my first trip to Newcastle. And it would have been Leeds, but I didn't go with you guys. Oh, well, the trip to Leeds. Stuff of Leeds, wasn't it? Stuff of Leeds. absolute legend. I mean, so wasn't it amazing, Mark? Yeah, God, that was a good trip. But, you know. Uh, anyway, Steve, uh, what else did you enjoy this year, apart from the best trip of the year to Leeds? Which Leeds, well, Leeds was great. Uh, it was but, great. But Let's talk about that. <laughs> listeners will have to tune in next month to hear us talk about leads in our beer adventures in depth in depth in a lot of detail <laughs> i've got a lot to talk about in, oh, in terms of, of, of going to leads i think uh obviously i went to to bruges in september which was uh, an amazing few days absolutely loved that trip um one of the other highlights for me this year a genuine and this is a genuine highlight as well was uh, Wayne and Janice coming over to the UK and, and and spending a few days with me here in in Essex and just it's been a few years since I've seen them both so easily pre-pandemic Mark in fact it was that time when you and I were in Dublin was wow. was the last time yeah yeah you weren't there Rob sorry um it was the last kid to that so <laughs> no it was it was before you was even a thing no that's that um, was for big timers only that yeah 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 um yeah, it was uh, that was the last time I saw them. Uh, was so that would have been November twenty nineteen. So just to spend time with friends, having just like really good times, um, good food, good good, good drinks because it wasn't just beer. We had some fantastic wine while I was over as well, and and just just enjoying that sort of time with with, with people uh, again has been great great for me this year, and obviously. Um, it's been a year of ups and downs as as, as well because we finished the opinions podcast. I have to say that you, you know that was the end of a that was the end of a journey that that that, that Martin and I went on and yeah. And for we're a few there weeks, with you, Steve. 
we'll uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And for a few weeks there, I, I felt as though, I genuinely felt as though that was it for me in podcasting. And I think anybody that actually believes that statement for a second is is, is more foolish than I am because I, I was obviously straight back at it and I'm thrilled now uh, to be doing this with you guys. Um, really enjoying what, what we're putting out and really enjoying the 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 content that we're making so yeah it's 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 been a good year and i've enjoyed it mark what what about you what's what's been some of your highlights this year i wasn't i wasn't sure at first when again when we 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 were thinking about this year i've not left the country of england in 2022 mostly because we couldn't be bothered with the scenes we were seeing at airports um on the news and just straight away with case of we're not going anywhere, and then we got a puppy, as people might probably be aware of, and that makes it very difficult to go many places anyway. So on the whole, it's been a relatively quiet year. doesn't mean there's not been highlights, one of which was to fulfil a dream of mine of brewing a beer, not just one beer in the end, two beers with Torside. I didn't put them in my beers of the year because i thought it'd be a bit self-congratulatory but i will say the two beers that i made with Torside were two of the best beers that if if i've not i mean at, at the end of the day i didn't design the recipes let's be honest you know i was there for the brew day i did some shoveling it was a, a wonderful time with people that i really admire who are brilliant breweries uh, brilliant brewers but you know it's not my genius that's gone into that. So if you take that side away from it and I was just trying those beers for the first time, I'd be like, yes, it's a triple smoked barley wine. I mean, Torside's regular smoked barley wine, Rauk wine, is already one of my favourite beers that's ever brewed anyway. And this one was a step above that anyway. So it's a five out of five beer for me anyway. So it should be my beers of the year list, but I can't do that. But the experience itself of getting to go through that thing and have people try your beers and John Clark, especially when he came to the Smoke Fest light and couldn't get enough of it and ordered a case there and there for a, a beer talk that he's doing next year because it was such a good beer. That was a, a great highlight. Um, Peak Ender was fantastic this year. Indie Man was above and beyond what I expected. I really didn't think I'd enjoy Indie Man this year. I absolutely loved it. Um, the times when I've seen people, Birmingham was brilliant. Summer Sesh was absolutely can't, fantastic. I can't believe either of us didn't mention that, to, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you. First time I've um, managed to get out, managed, managed to get away from Wilbur. I'm not, I'm, I wasn't trying to get away from him, but to see you guys and everybody else. And the first time properly drinking in Birmingham was fantastic. Um, but what I would single out as my highlight of the year, just because it was a bit of a beer pilgrimage for me, was actually going to Scarborough in April. Scarborough is a rubbish drinking town, by the way. Do not go there for a beery day out. <laughs> Dreadful. It's, again, some of the similar to Middlesbrough, some of the micro pubs that people recommend to me, Awful, awful places. But then the the cask beer pubs of the town, no better. But the North Riding Hotel, oh, 
absolute beer pilgrimage for me. My favourite North Riding beer is their Mosaic Pale, which is one of my favourite beers. Oh, the, anyway, all, their, all their beers are good. Like you say, one of their beers on cask. You, oh, cask you know, cask beer kings. Yeah. Cask beer kings. And Mosaic was on when I went. It was early April, so we were still in a very much a cold spell. Um, it's certainly single figures temperature, fishing chips by the sea, and then we went and sat by the fire and drank pints of North Riding Mosaic. Lovely. Absolutely. Yeah, it, you just lived up to my expectations, just lived up to the dream, just an absolute highlight of the year for me. That And sounds sad, but it is something that I won't forget. And obviously something that I hope to repeat a lot. It's not that difficult for me to repeat it, but it it's not something that I feel like, disappointed that it's happened now it i'm glad that it happened and i hope it happens again and i hope other people get to experience it i don't want to keep it to myself i want other people to go there and experience it go to it. scarborough just do that good bit the box said and not all the crap bits stay somewhere else yeah. don't stay in scarborough <laughs> <laughs> stay somewhere else enjoy you, you know yorkshire moors or the northeast coast there's loads of lovely places and then go and do that for a an afternoon or an evening and then go stay somewhere else but fantastic so absolute highlight of the year undoubtedly it's been a good one hasn't it really i mean like the, like 2020 2021 were kind of one year really weren't they so this year has been a year where we've been able to get out and about a little bit even if we haven't got too far i've been to essex twice so that that was something but uh yeah, it was, it was good to uh, have the the world or the country just feel a bit more open again. Do either of you have any final thoughts on the mince pie barley wine? Um, for me, I as I, as I did mention earlier, I felt like it was just going to just improve for me when it warmed up a bit, and I think I did it an injustice by I didn't even need to keep that in the fridge really. So I did that, and then I'm, my house is cold anyway. So, yeah, it was good. It tasted like a mince pie, but perhaps uh, I think in terms of like what I want from a Christmas beer, it just wasn't giving me that full festive feeling. I wanted a little bit more warmth, a bit more booziness from it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I really get what you're saying there. Other, other than I keep looking at the label and I keep thinking that's amazing. That's so Christmassy. It is good. Um, it's really good. Yeah, I, I have to agree in some way. And also, yeah, not that we need to defend Elusive, but we are, we know what Elusive are about. This one's fallen a bit flat for me and actually literally like the beers. Flat as anything right now. It's... Yeah, it's it's not really done it for me. I don't know if it needs more time or the opposite, but it, it wasn't as good as I hoped. Do you guys know if it has um, got into keg at all, this beer? I, I know recently I saw some stuff that they've put some stuff into barrels. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure whether this has gone into barrels, but there's definitely something gone into barrels down at Elusive, which has got me very excited. Well, it's been uh, an interesting show in terms <laughs> of beers. 
and discussions. Yeah, slightly less structured than uh, than Steve would like. No, no, I've loved it actually. But believe <laughs> me, you give me an opportunity to talk about Die Hard and Love Actually in the in, yeah. in the same period of time while drinking beer. Um, it's yeah, that's everything I want from 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 from, from a show. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been that the beers have been fantastic. You, you know, we got we got to do our wild cards as our first beer. Um, we finished off on the mince by barley wine, but that beer in the middle, that jingly bells. Oh, I can't the, even describe it in words, really. It's the diehard of Christmas beers, which is which is what we've <laughs> yeah. said over and over again. Yeah. I mean, that was incredible. What a choice, Mark. Thank you so much for picking that out and and, and sending it across. Um, and, and I really hope that becomes an annual thing for them because if it does, yeah, I'm going to be please. buying that. Mm, absolutely. Marshall, a, please make that an annual thing. Yes. And it's yeah. never going to be exactly the same either because they have used the call ship. Yeah, ex- exactly. So it's going to change every year. And, and the fact that they've actually they've thrown hops in the call ship as well, that's that's yeah. that's not a normal practice. So, yeah. Um, so we'll have a new year. It won't be as good. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, tell you what, <laughs> it was because the mops might be shit next year. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like a full on candy cane that beer was. It what there Fantastic. was some sweetness to it, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah, so good. I've I've really enjoyed our first Christmas special. Uh, hopefully the first of many, and hopefully our listeners have too. And unfortunately. That brings us to the end of this episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Beer O'Clock Show for all the latest updates on the show and what I'm up to. You can follow me at Mark Hang Johnson on Twitter or view my blog at beercompagation.co.uk. And you can follow me at Rob underscore Edwards90 on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, you can use the hashtag belonging or you can check in on the show notes for a link to our SpeakPipe voicemail to get involved in future shows. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Belonging. We'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and the best wishes for the new year. Cheers. Cheers Cheers. and Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I was in Leeds the other weekend seeing Steve and pals. Um, and <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I hate this. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you both had a nice time. It was it was lovely, Rob. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then guilted me about not being there. I was I was about to slate the beer, but actually it was the best beer I've drunk all year. So. <laughs> <laughs>